Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart! On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Oh boy, is is today, is this morning a good morning to have a sports radio show? Yeah, After NBA free agency opened up last night at midnight or 9 p.m. our time. And um, it started going down immediately. Started with a bang and then ended with a... Really, really, really sad, deflating whimper. Wet fart by the bla- yeah, a wet fart by the Blazers. And oh, uh, we all know what a wet fart is. Don't sit there in your car like, what's that mean? Yeah, we know. Nobody said that. Don't worry. Everyone knows what that means. <laughs> and there is so much to get to. And normally we like to kind of banter in the first segment. And I do have a banterable story um, about how I went to the haunted Shanghai tunnels yesterday. But honestly. That's going to have to wait until we have some dead time a little bit later in the show. Maybe the final segment, if I win, hate it or love it. and Or you could still let me talk about that if you win. Because um, mm. <laughs> uh, I honestly, I just, I we can't wait. This, yet last night was one of the more depressing moments I feel like Blazer fans could have had. And we just kind of got to start the vent session now. So text us at the fan text line at 55305. You can tweet us at 1080thefan. I'm at Mike Lynch 27 Rashad's at TaylorMade503. Jesse, our producer's at Jesse Osmond, A-S-Z-M-A-N. And vent your feelings about, honestly, very little happened last night for the Blazers. But a whole lot happened. a lot happened for the Blazers last night. So text, tweet, still coming up on the show. We will get to Paul George. We will get to Kawhi Leonard. We will get to LeBron James. We may get to Jameis Winston's suspension if we have time. We do have a guest, if you want to tease who it is. Oh, yeah. 10-15. Uh, 10-15. Lamar, Lamar Winston. Winston. Senior. 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 Not to be confused with Lamar Winston Jr., linebacker for the University of Oregon. Yes. Uh, so we'll talk to him at 10-15. Um, and Hater Love It, of course, is coming up at 10-30. But I kind of just want to open up the first hour for Blazers and NBA talk and just kind of go. Because last night at 9... There was this, there's always this vibe of excitement when the NBA free agency opens because you know Woj and Shams and all those guys, the reports are going to start flooding in. And then you see Paul George stayed at Oklahoma City, which is crazy, right? And again, we'll talk about that later. But as a Blazer fan, you see that and you're like, wow, he chose to stay in Oklahoma City when he's been destined to go to the Lakers for his whole career? 
wow, okay, maybe maybe that means somebody will choose poor. You know, you get some false hope, right? And then you start seeing some of the other stuff. DeAndre Jordan going to the Mavericks, finally, not getting locked in a house and <laughs> going right back to the Clippers again. Baby, I'm back. Um, yeah, Chris Paul re-signing with the Rockets. You had the LeBron meetings were starting. You had some rumors about Kawhi Leonard. And you're still kind of, you're just waiting, right? Because you know the Blaze, Neil O'Shea loves that first few hours of free agency move. The first move announced a couple of years ago was off Farouk Aminu, like in the entire NBA free agency. And it's never something that you expect. So sometimes that could be a good thing. This year, that was not a good thing. The first move that was announced was that Ed Davis had signed a one-year, $4.4 million deal with the Brooklyn Nets. And first of all, first of all, <laughs> you let your, your heart and soul go for $4.4 million. You let your, you let the clear energy heart and soul guy on your team go for $4.4 million. I know the Blazers have some tax issues. I know they're near the salary cap, but I also know they can afford a $4.4 million contract for one freaking year. Right? So that's that's problem number one. Number two, one of Damian Lillard's best friends on the team. Damian Lillard tweeted minutes after this with a broken heart emoji. And he made another cryptic tweet later, which I don't know what it means. So I think every Blazer fan's a little bit nervous right now. And we can get to that later, too. Trust me, we have a lot of stuff to get to. I'm just setting up the scene for you. And then Jason Quick texts Ed Davis. And Ed Davis responds with, I, I told him I wanted to stay. And it just drives the knife in deeper. And, oh, by the way, he's the best backup center in the NBA. When you've got an inconsistent use of Nurkic that you're maybe going to keep for whatever the money is, you need that kind of energy and, and solid defense and rebounding off the bench. So the first thought was of just pure confusion. Like, why would you let Ed Davis go if he's only going to demand $4.4 million? And he might have even taken less if he truly wanted to stay in Portland and not go to Brooklyn. Well, clearly the Blazers are thinking you got to get smaller. You know. You, ah, you, yes. You know what I'm saying? That, that's why you get rid of one of your your biggest guys on the team. One of the guys that actually plays big because Ed Davis. I've stood next to him. You know, met him a few times. He's not like a big, you know, like well, a burly like guy. Jacked. No, not really. Like he's a tall, slender dude. You know what I'm saying? So, have you all seen that being his said, shirt, shirtless photos. He's ripped. Very ripped, but again, after standing next to him, he is a long, lanky dude. You know what I'm saying? With amazing trainers, you know, in the NBA. <laughs> but he was one of those guys that was willing to be inside and willing to bang for rebounds, willing to go up there, kind of get hurt a little bit. And you just said it—that heart and soul of the team. Now that he's not there on a team full of choir boys, who, who, who is that guy? I don't know if you have him now. Ed Davis was also your energy off the bench. A lot of, a lot of. Uh, being a great bench player is knowing that you can come into the game and, and make an impact in some way. It doesn't necessarily have to be scoring. How many but, games did Ed Davis essentially save for the Blazers when he came off the bench with his energy? Towards the end of the season, he was big. And, and really, during that 13-game win streak that the Blazers had, man, Ed Davis was— He and Zach a, Collins a, together? Absolutely. He was, a, he was a big part off of the bench. And I think he really gave Collins kind of a lot of confidence because when they were on the floor together, man, it was— you could you couldn't really stop anybody down there just because Collins can still move for as much as he doesn't know how to do yet. Collins is still a he can still be an efficient scorer. I'm I'm curious to see what he does next year. But Ed Davis was that dude that he would just make it happen. You 
How many times have we seen him finish with the with the with a dunk when he was surrounded by three or four dudes? Where just to right over the top of tries him. to float something up for tries no reason. Tries to do a little floater or something like that. Ed Davis says, "No, nah, I'm I'm going to dunk, homie, every single time." And that's the type of guy you need. And so the Nets, man, congratulations to them. They got themselves a good player. But for I mean, really, for really the, cheap, they're the Nets. You know, just let's let's keep that in perspective too. But for four million dollars, like. And I know we're sitting here throwing around four million like it's nothing, you know. It's a drop in the but bucket. But right? in the in the in the NBA where dudes are getting, you know, a hundred and forty million for for two three years, I man, four million dollars for a guy like Ed Davis seems like the Blazers were being cheap right now. I'm not sure what he was asking for, so maybe I should start there too. But you know, he might have said, "Man, I want at least four years." You know, a hundred million. I mean, okay, but, but at you, that point, but probably the, not a Davis. But you know, that's not the case. No, it's because he accepted a one year four point four million dollar deal. He wouldn't from have taken the Nets too, right? But I'm saying he wouldn't have Drive taken that in. I take that from the Warriors. I take that from the Rockets. I take it from if LeBron's there from the Cavaliers. Like there's certain teams that yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and take that four million. Maybe he really the, likes Alan Crabb. The Nets though, maybe Alan Crabb is his dude, possibly. Maybe. Yeah, Nets becoming the uh, Blazers of the East. They're probably gonna be better than the Blazers soon. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe, geez, man. but it's just there's no way he asked for that much if he was willing to accept that little on the first day of free agency. The first day it was allowed, you know, you were allowed to officially sign. And we know that they're talking in the background and stuff, but there's there's no way. It just doesn't it doesn't add up. It it really it doesn't. doesn't. I'm just I'm curious again, and I don't want to keep banging on this dude. Well, you but should. All the, but all all these decisions are made, you know, by by Neil Olshay, by GM bro. And it's I, I I just start to you start to look at it. Mind you, this is just the first part of what we what we're talking about oh, you know, there's as a far lot as more. as far as waking up to to some weirdness today like i didn't i didn't see i saw it last night and i saw ed davis four years and i was like okay to the and that's where my bleach report stopped open it up and said to the what the nets instantly why didn't you pay ed davis more than four million dollars especially the, if he said he wanted to come back especially if your star player is one of his best friends on the team what what are you so here here's the thing and this is going to be my tease for next segment the only way this makes sense in my head if you're getting lebron trust me i know gm bro doesn't always use the same logic that we use the only way this makes sense in my head is if another better player is coming for that money plus more that's the only way this makes sense is if a really good player is going to either fill ed davis's shoes or be at another position of need, I think and you is. had to get rid of that 4.4 for Ed Davis or whatever he was asking for. That's the only way that makes sense. But yet, I also remember that this is Portland, and that free agents never come here, and that... What are you talking about? We got Brian Grant at a point. Sure did. Lost Everyone thinks Scotty Pippen Shout was out. a free agent, but he wasn't. He was traded. So don't throw that out there. We uh, got Nick Stockus last night. Well, wait, <laughs> wait. And the first bit of news we get... When I tweeted that, I was like, this is the only way it makes sense. A minute later, Portland assigned Nick Stauskas to a one-year deal. And I'm like, that is, that's the replacement for Ed Davis? So I don't know what Neil O'Shea is doing. Let's try to unpack it next. This is Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 916 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Rashad and Jesse with you until 11 o'clock. We're trying to unpack what on earth Neil O'Shea is doing after the first, not even, well, now 12 hours exactly of free agency. 
in the NBA this year. Uh, entire first segment, Ed Davis is gone if you missed it yesterday. He signed a one-year $4.4 million deal with the Nets, which really is just, disappointing. just baffling. Uh, absolutely baffling. Not There was not one person... Well, that's not true. There were a couple of people like, he was never going to re-sign Ed Davis. Ed Davis isn't that good. It's like, how many Blazer games did you watch last year? Now, I know Portland loves to fall in love with the really below average rotational player, a la Thomas Robinson or, you know, like Joel Freeland or those mm-hmm. kind of players. Luke Babbitt. But this is not just a, a below average rotational player. This was the best backup center in the NBA, your energy guy. Was he, though? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I don't know a lot of... Backup centers in the league. I'm trying to think off the top well, of my head. Exactly. Well, uh, I know him because he's a Blazer. You know, I watch a lot of Blazer fans, but I don't, I don't know. There's, there's not, there's really not another option unless you want to say like JaVale McGee. But even then, I think Ed Davis is way more consistent than JaVale McGee. And the Warriors don't really run a center anyway. <laughs> they run what's his face out there for like three minutes and then bring in McGee and then put Draymond at the five. So it doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I'm, and I think he is the best backup center in the league. He was the energy guy. So it's just, it just, just doesn't make any sense. And Damian Lillard loved him. It just doesn't make any sense. Um, the only, I, I teased this before the, the break. The only way this makes sense for me is if there is a bigger move coming that uses that money in some way, shape, or form so that you get a better player either at that position or at a position of need. Now, I know the Blazers have said they want to play Zach Collins at the five. So if it's at another position of need and you put Zach at the backup center role, maybe that's how that works. But I also sit there and go, this is Portland. When's the last time a good free agent that, that's been an impact player has really signed here? It just doesn't happen. So the only way this makes sense is if that's going to happen. And then I go, it's never happened. So what am I to trust here? That Neil O'Shea knows what, he, what he's doing? Or that... My logic is just, it's not, it doesn't make any sense anymore. Well, uh, apparently, Olshay either knows more than us or he knows something that he acts you know, like he knows more than us. Yeah, I was going to say, or he just knows something that we don't or whatever the case is. But either way, I, I don't, I think he kind of likes it that way. I think he kind of likes the fact that we don't really know what's happening. You know, we, we're kind of all in the dark right now. You see these first couple moves and you know, instantly you're like, well, that can't be good. You know, you look around the league at all the, the splashes that were made, all the free agents from DeAndre Jordan to, you know, obviously Chris Paul and um, Paul George, and you're like, oh, and the Blazers get Nick Stouses and lose one of their best players. You're like, well, that, didn't, that doesn't start good. You know, just, just hearing it, 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 it doesn't sound awesome. So I think that's where a lot of our heads are. You look at it, all these, these stars and these teams that, um, and most of them in your conference, all of them actually in your conference, you know, uh, even with, with with Ariza going to the Suns, making themselves better after getting the number one pick, like all these teams are getting better around you, and seemingly you just kind of got worse by getting rid of a, a bench player. Mind you, the Blazers bench struggled at uh, for for a, a lot of the season, especially in the past. But that's been a big struggle. Like with that's why Dane plays so many minutes per games because you really need scoring out there. And Ed Davis just became one of those dudes, especially this past year that was a really reliable player off the bench. And that's just not something you give away, especially to the Nets. It's really weird because it, Davis is one of those guys that Olshay br- brought in when he first came to Portland. He kind of kind of stole from from uh, the Clippers. And so you're, you're, uh, there was that initial... It was a good move to bring him it, in. It was a good move. And I, I, I think at the time, Portland was like, okay, yeah. They, I don't think they realized how good of a move it was until... 
Ed Davis came here and he played a couple of years and they were like, wow, that that's probably one of the more underrated moves that he's made it as a GM and to let him walk for so little is what's so perplexing because obviously that relationship was there. Neil Olshay respects what he can do as a player more so than most people in the organization, at least initially. So now when he's playing probably his best basketball of his career, you let him walk for what you could get an eighth, ninth guy on the bench for. It just doesn't make it. You're right. It makes no sense. And Neil Olshay has had many shrewd moves earlier in his GM period. Many of them, Robin Lopez trade, the Mason Plumlee trade, um, both of them getting Plumlee in it for a draft pick in Rondé Hollis Jefferson, like the 20th pick, and then sending him to Denver to get Yusuf Nurkic, who turned out to be a more impact can, player, although more inconsistent. Can, can we just talk about the one thing that I think we kind of lost over as far as Olshay? It says a lot that the, the squad the Blazers had in 2014, um, all those dudes left. Well, you know, he like forced with, them with all the. Out, with, there you go. You know, the, the, I was like he a, didn't a, a, West. He a competitive team in the Western Conference, you know, that that was really primed to, if they'd have stayed together, I think really could have been able to do something. I mean, Grant, I don't think they're beating the Warriors. Um, I don't, I think they compete with that Rockets team, though. I don't think that they just get swept out of the gym by them. But the fact that you, LaMarcus walked and then Robin was traded and then. Uh, you didn't even Batum was traded. You, Batum was traded. You didn't even offer Wesley a contract. It's like you, you, you gave away your the all the heart of your team for what to start over with with just with just, just Dame Dame and CJ. Yeah. And now that relationship with Dame looks like it might be weird just because Dame is organizing meetings with Paul Allen. No, I don't want O'Shea to be there. I just want to talk to you. Yeah, that's a problem. Well, and and if you remember. Paul Allen only showed up at one pre-draft workout this year. Paul Allen is obsessed with the draft. Paul Allen shows up to every one of those every year for the most part. This year he showed up to one, which to me screams losing interest and or doesn't want to be near Neil O'Shea or whatever the case may be. But if that's the case, just fire him then, Paul, if you don't like him. You're the owner of the team. And maybe he's you tanking now that. because he wants to get fired. Maybe there's some things in O'Shea's clause to say or contract to say, you know, I get fired, I get X amount of money here. I don't know. There, there, there's a there's a million things. And then these are all potential. These are all things. potential things. But at the at the moment, they just judging from the the character of Olshea, or I don't want to say even the character, judging from how he comes across, because I don't know the man personally, so I, I don't want to talk about his character. But judging about by he comes across. Or how he comes across, he doesn't seem like a dude that you would get along with for very long. No, he seems like you have to do him in increments, small increments. You know, see him at the party, you have see to him buy for the game. Him. Yes, and then, but I, I, he doesn't seem like a guy that you want to be around for long. Almost kind of like the way people feel about Harbaugh. Yeah, I don't want to be. You might be good at what you do, but after a little bit, you, you just irritate the hell out of me. So the Blazers sign Nick Stauskas to a one-year veteran minimum deal as the first move we see after letting Ed Davis walk. And again, pure baffled, bafflement on my part, pure, pure confusion. I don't understand the move. I, the, only, the only way I understand the move is you need more shooting, and he's a, he's a good three-point shooter, at least he was in college, and he's proven to be somewhat of a good shooter in the NBA. But he's another guard. Do you really need more guards? And a guard that can't guard anyone else. Did you, like, you just drafted two guards. Do you need another one? You know what we need? It's more guards. More guards. Yeah. Right. 
So you give up you, you give up Pat Connaughton and you sign Nick Stauskas, who's the exact same player. Exact same player. Averages over his career, almost identical. Maybe he's a little cheaper, maybe. What is happening? It does it literally does not make sense to me. And that's why I keep going back to that argument. There has to be something bigger on the horizon because this doesn't make any sense. But what are the chances of that being true? I, I just I don't think that's like who's out there. Like is, is Boogie coming? He's still a free agent, right? Yeah, but I but think you know, he's going to the Lakers, right? Yeah, he's <laughs> become the Lakers, you know, number one target now. So I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know what to what to say anymore. Like I, I'm kind of at a loss when it comes to the the moves Olshay's making. It's almost like he's trying to tank. Like he wants the number one pick in the draft. So it's like, man, let me get as small as possible. And then I know the answer we're gonna get is, oh, we need shooting, and you need to be able to spread the ball around the floor, and you know things have don't have to be so stagnant. Right. Stauskas is have, one of our targets in the know, 2015 draft, and now we got to get him. He was a former lottery pick, and look at how look at how good of a shooter you know, he is, and he can defend. He's you know, long. You know, you'll get all the GM. He's bro. also not very good. Yeah, you'll get all the GM bro answers, and it's really not like Ed Davis was like a. I don't want to give the impression that we're saying he was like this world beater, you know, or or this you know complete game changer. But when you come into the game, you need to be able to make an impact. And seven rebounds a game, man, that's an impact. That's that's that. That means you're around the basket and you're active. You know, that's good, especially considering that you're only playing. Oh, maybe. 17 minutes a game those seven rebounds is really good there's guys that play all you know 40 to uh what 48 minutes yeah there's 48 minutes yeah yeah guys don't guys play, the play thing, no no he plays the whole thing unless you're lebron he'll play 47 only in the playoffs yeah but there's guys that don't play you know 38 minutes in the league that don't get seven rebounds so to be able to come in the game in that small window of time and make an impact that's a great thing be able to block some shots or at least change some shots man that's a great thing and now that you don't have that you know it's Kind of a problem. Maybe they're seeing that uh, that step forward they want to see from Myers Leonard this offseason. Mm. Yeah. I did see he was working out with Joel Embiid. He was one of the guys who was doing that like five on five at that random gym in whatever city it was. He took a picture of him, or Myers did, and posted it on Twitter of him. Was Myers dunking. the one passing everyone the ball? No, he, he was dunking it. And Joel Embiid was just looking at him with awe. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. So they're not really playing basketball then. Right. They're just kind of messing around probably. Yeah. But I... I don't know. I'm baffled. Maybe and look, maybe Stauskas is a good shooter and he helps the team a little bit, but he's going to get so much venom from Blazer fans just because of the sequence of the news. Because you're like, ah, 4.4 million. I wonder where that's going. Oh, some of it's going to Nick Stauskas. And also, you know, Great. not extending offers to Pat Connaughton. And you know, that's that's fine. I, I think it's fine. But again, that's one of those one of those guy Blazer guys that man, when Pat Connaughton came in the game, I'm not he. He wasn't worthless on the floor. You no, know, like he not. would he would actually be able to I've seen him have some strong finishes at the rim. Like Pat Connaughton is a guy that wasn't afraid to drive in and, and kind of create some contact and, and finish. So kind of sad to see him, you know, not be able to come back. Because again, if you're looking at shooters and guys that need to spot up around the floor, well he was one of those guys I, I would take. Let me let me be honest about this. I I think Pat Connaughton is the typical guy that Blazer fans love too much and they value too highly. Like I, he's a fun player, right? He he certainly made impacts at times. Pat Connaughton is not, and he's not. He shouldn't be a regular NBA player on on this Blazers team. Neither should Shabazz. So both of them going, I'm like, cool. I get it. It makes sense. You're saving some money and on guys that you don't need to keep. So Pat Connaughton's not better than Stauskas. 
they're about the same, but I, I, I think for the veteran minimum, Stauskas is probably cheaper. Absolutely cheaper. So whatever, like it's on that comparison, it's a throwaway to me. I don't really, it, it doesn't make much oh. of an impact on how I view the team. I'm just saying, yeah. Pat Connaughton is like primo target for Blazer fans to love him for no reason because he's, he's, he's just fun to it's watch the, and he's exciting. He's not that good of a player to keep around. I don't on, think on it's a for no reason. Deal. I think Connaughton's one of those guys that if he played more minutes, he could probably give you. But more see, production. I don't you know, think I so. Think, I, mean, I think he'd be fine. I'm, mind you, people think production is you got to put up 18 to 24 points a game. Nah, man, he can be one of those guys that comes in and gets you a great 13. We we miss a guy like Nick Batum now for his consistent 13 points a night. Like there was a chance, there was a time we were like, oh, Nick, why can't you score any more than you hit 20 tonight? You hit 19 last night. Now you give us 11? Like I, I think the Blazers are... They need that 13 points a night from from some guy. But that's you don't not really Pat get it, from to me. it could be. I mean, you, well, you don't know if he only plays four minutes a game or well, but he, garbage he had, time. He had stretches where he played 10, 15 minutes a game. He and, and he and he would play well. He played well-ish. He also had a lot of bad possessions. He's not a great defender. I mean, look, I don't. That's not. It's, to me, it's a non-issue. You, you didn't sign him. That was expected to me. It's fine. But um, we got a break coming up next. Damian Lillard's cryptic tweet last night freaked out. Blazer fans, and I don't know what it means. Do you know what it means? Did you see I, it? I don't unsee it. All right, let's let's discuss that next. Here's Jesse with Sports Center. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Blazer fans weren't happy last night, and uh, that included Damian Lillard wasn't happy last night. He tweeted a broken heart emoji when the Ed Davis signing was announced, or the, the, the loss of Ed Davis, I should say. He had an STFU to a fan who told him Ed Davis wasn't that good, and it was fine that they let him go. And then he posted just two emojis, peace sign or two fingers, depending on how you want to look at it, and then a watch. And... NBA Twitter went a little bit nuts trying to figure out what that meant. And does it just mean like peacetime, like he's going to sleep? Does it mean peace, like see you later peace, like he's done? Does it mean two-timing, like he thinks two, someone's a two-timing, you know what? Like, what does it mean? Why? And it's amazing how much like this bothered Blazer's Twitter last night, but it did. Man, it's just like a nobody cryptic. likes subs, man. Nobody likes it because you, you don't know who, a cryptic who emoji, man. That's what we call them subs. You know, you're, 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 you're saying something to someone. We just don't know who most of us know who, um, I don't know. I think Dame has kind of painted himself into a corner though. Um, judging from the way things have moved and this is just Rashad, the blazer fan judging from the way things are moving. It doesn't seem like they're building something for Dame to win now. You're looking at a dude who's what 26 at this point, or yeah, 26, 27. So he's he as far as his prime, he's in it now, but he's got another four years, you know, to 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 be in this position. And right 27. now, 27. So really, another three three years, four years to really be almost 28. Actually, he turns 28 in July. There we go. You know, so. <laughs> You're looking at a guy who's getting older, you know, especially especially for a guy that plays among the most minutes of anybody in the league. I think there's been a couple of years where Dame has been the leader, if not among the leaders in minutes played. So it doesn't seem like they're really building something great around you 
at this point. But you've been openly saying for years, I'm going to be a Blazer. I want to be in Portland. This is where I want to stay. But I think Dame wants to win too. And he's saying I would much rather play stay somewhere. And no, you wouldn't. Because at the end of the day, Dame wants to be the best. And he wants to be considered the best. And he carries that chip on the shoulder because he's never really been considered among the elite. And so if you, the only way to be elite is to you have to get a ring. The reason that Carl Malone is not in the greatest of all time conversation, and he should be, he doesn't have a ring. He gets one ring. He gets put in that conversation as, man, Carl Malone was the most – he's number two all-time scoring, number one all-time free throws made. I think he's like number four or five in rebounds, like all-time. Like, Carl Malone was a beast. But because he doesn't have that one piece of hardware, he's not considered among the elite. Charles Barkley either. I don't think Dame wants to be thought like thought of like that. So when it comes to he, – he's I, – I, I think Dame is going to, to leave, which is going to make him look bad because you've been saying, I want to be here, I want to be here, I want to be here. But – Man, if they don't put nothing around you, you got to do what's best for you and your career because that's how people will remember you when it's all said and done. I just, I agree. I think a lot of, a lot for a long time, I was always like, yeah, I, to me, he seems like a guy who wouldn't leave. He seems like a guy who was super loyal to his team. But the, the longer it goes like this, where despite improvements maybe in the regular season, pre-seed this year, nothing is an improvement in postseason first round sweep first round sweep first round loss maybe get to the second round get hammered by whoever you play in the second round there's really not a lot of improvement outside of regular season performance and you know at some point you're right if you're a guy who wants to be viewed as elite and i know damian lillard does then that's and you're not and it's not happening here that little voice in your head's going to start popping up Probably you should leave. Go. LeBron wants to play with you. Go play with LeBron. You know, look, the amount of times LeBron's like, give me Damian Lillard. Or Damian Lillard's the best. You he know? said it in multiple occasions, yeah. man, man, give me a guy like Damian Lillard and you'll see what we'll be able to do. Like, that's a guy like, I, I mean, there's a time where we were taking Kyrie over Dame. There was a lot of guys, including me, that was like, man, who's a better player? Kyrie. Right now, I think Dame is second or third as far as can point guards in the league. I mean, and I know we're prisoners of the moment, man. He's first team all NBA this year, deservedly so. I think Dame is really, if we're talking about point guards, he's number three to me, number four sure. at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's a short, it's, it's still first team all NBA this year. It's, it's, finishing it's, fourth it's in still MVP Steph, buddy. Chris Paul, um, Westbrook. Westbrook, and then Dame, you know, as a point guard. Give me Dame over Westbrook. I, I, I you could I, make that argument yeah. for, like helping as, the a team leader, more. as a leader, as a leader, as a leader, I if think you, that's if Dame had Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, he's in the conference finals every year. I think probably you're probably right. I think I think if Damian Lillard, he's he's a much better leader than Westbrook is. At the Absolutely. very least, they're not getting swept in the first round of the playoffs. So I, I, I think well, what's frustrating is you're going okay. You got a the best player in the league who is saying that you're. You know, Dame's the best. He, you know, he's one of the best players in the league. And you know there's no shot in the a year where LeBron's looking and he's looking to pair himself with some all-stars. You have no shot, Portland. Like, that. that's what's got to be, I mean, even just the utmost frustration for a Portland fan is you're, you're just, how do you get there? You have to draft that guy. And maybe Olshay's doing the right thing. Maybe he's blowing this up so we can draft somebody, but I don't know if next year's the draft to do that. Well, and right. And if, if that's his decision, why didn't you tank two years ago when you were three wins away from the worst record in the Western conference? Why, why didn't you do it then? 
why are you just now deciding to do this after you've already gone through two more years of Damian Lillard's prime? So back to the uh, cryptic emoji tweet he made. This this texter believes, I think it's just him like signing out, like peace out from Dame time is how he took it, like signing off of Twitter. But that could also mean peace out like he's frustrated and, and wants to leave. Um, this one says, isn't the two fingers his symbol? Like doesn't he do tap with two fingers on his watch? I don't know. I, I've I've never paid that close of attention to see how many fingers he uses, but I hope so. I hope that's what it means. Wow, Russia <laughs> just beat Spain, by the way, in the World Cup on penalty kicks. That is a massive upset. Massive upset, by the way. Just that's wanted awesome. to throw that out there. It just it just happened, so that's why I'm just throwing that out there. Um Spanias, they're defeated. They're donezos. Oh my gosh. Um I just if I'm Danny Lillard right now, I am so pissed off that you're probably feeling more emotions than Blazer fans are, right? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, he's rich too. So he's probably mad, but <laughs> not that mad. He's mad somewhere on his yacht or mad somewhere, you know, where, where it's where it's super warm and not overcast right now. So, All right, let's break. There is a little bit of positivity I have for the Blazers. It's not something that's necessarily happened yet, but I did see an article about possible candidates for the, the $13 million trade exception. The, uh, the the big one that they got. And a couple of the candidates, I think, are really, really, really good additions for this team that would actually be a positive for this offseason. So let's tell you those next here on Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So don't forget the Blazers have that $13.5 million trade exception that they need to use before, I think it's July 25th, I believe is the date they need to use that by. And I saw an article posted yesterday. It might have been from Jason Quick. It's from one of the Blazers beat guys. And it was, here's some options for of players who might be available in trade that could fit that $13.5 million trade exception. And there are two of them on on the list that was posted that I think would be really good fits for the team. They fit a need uh, of both shooting and defense combined. They both play the three. And I think they are both very, very good fits if the Blazers can somehow pull it off. And both are on teams that may be making moves to try to clear some cap space to try to get LeBron or some other big free agent. The first of which is Robert Covington from the Philadelphia 76ers. Covington, first-team all-defense NBA this year, mm -hmm. and is also, uh, I'm going to double-check the number here in a second, but is a, like, 38% three-point shooter. Perfect. Covington, to me, is the perfect fit for that trade exception spot. A three who plays great defense, who can shoot the ball really, really well. That's exactly what you need and if you're just filling the trade exception money, you're not really, it's not going against your cap in any sort of crazy way. Why not? That to me is like option number one. If you can get Covington and the Sixers are trying to get everybody, go get Covington, clear some cap space for them. To me, that's a perfect fit. I like Robert Covington. Um, I think he was a really big part of what the Sixers were able to do in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, again, he's a 3 and D guy, but he's also a 3 and D guy who's not afraid to, he reminds me a lot of Pippen. 
in the in the sense not Mount. Do I think he's as skilled as Pippen and bringing the ball up the floor? No, but I think he's a guy that can finish over the top of you if he needs to. Um, he's crafty enough to to make uh, create his own shot. Again, thirty eight percent from three. Thirty six point you know, nine last year. Thirty six point nine percent. So thirty seven percent from from three point uh, three point range. Um, and as a as a big tough dude, like you're just not going to blow past him. Average twelve point nine points last year a game. And and the thing about the Blazers, that's what you were talking about, is you're missing that thirteen point a game guy. You don't, and you also don't have that guy that you can say, okay, you go guard Westbrook, stop him from scoring, like or go guard Paul George, whoever's killing you the most. That's who needs a body in front of them, and that's what he can provide for you. And I would love Robert Covington coming here. I think that would be a great pickup. I think he fits exactly um, what the Blazers are as a franchise and like as a culture. I think he'd be great here. Another one is a guy that they actually were linked to a couple of years ago, and instead they went with his teammate, Wilson Chandler on the Nuggets, a 3-and-D guy who shoots 35.8% from the floor, he averaged 10 points and five boards a game last year, but he has had better years with, with the Nuggets. And from the report we saw, the Nuggets are going to try to get LeBron or at least sit down with him. They're going to need to clear some cap space after they gave Will Barton $50 million. Um, and Chandler's on a one-year deal. He opted into his one-year $12.8 million deal, which does fit that money in the in the trade exception. I would prefer Covington over Chandler, but I think Chandler's another guy who could fit the team well in terms of that exact need of three and D. Uh I don't know. I'm a little more lukewarm on uh, Wilson Chandler. I've never really been a big Wilson Chandler fan. Uh, when he was with the Knicks, I thought he was, you know, okay. But since then, I, I've been – I don't think he's ever really panned out to what I thought he was supposed to be. I think most people thought he was supposed to be. But um, he's a he's a good player. He's, he's really forgettable, and I think that's the thing. Robert Covington, um, he's going to make sure he has an impact on the game, whether he's scoring or not. And I think that's the kind of guy. Wilson Chandler is like a rhythm guy. He he gets a couple to go in. Then all of a sudden you'll see him play some great defense and some chase down blocks and some of those other things. But for the most part, uh, Covington's, I think, the dude that I would really want in my starting rotation like today. Here's, Wouldn't be mad at Wilson Chandler, but I would prefer Covington. I think they're both upgrades. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other options that were – it was Jason Quick who posted this. TJ Warren on the Suns was an option that would fit in. Um, he's only 24. The only problem with him is he doesn't shoot the three ball well. He's a great defender, but he only shot 22% from three last year. So yeah, he's not, not a three-point shooter. That's not going to help. Uh, you've got Matthew Delavadova for $9.6 bucks. For sure not going to help. Uh, he's a 38% three-point shooter, but he's also a small guard. He's also Matthew Delavadova. Uh, have you seen how much energy he brings? Man, I'm... I'm I'm kidding. I'm good. <laughs> I mean, I, I think yeah. he's a he's a fine player. He's but a fine player, but yeah, not for he's that. Just, yeah, I'll I'll be okay without double double. And then uh, Courtney Lee was another one as a good shooter, not exactly the best defender, but uh, a really really good shooter who shot better than forty percent from three point range the last two seasons. Courtney Lee's been he's he's been a consistent NBA player. You know, he's a guy that's dealt with some injuries and stuff like that to his face and some to his a, a knee injury and stuff like man. Courtney Lee is a He's an okay player. I, I I wouldn't mind him. So Covington, number one option for you? Covington is number one option for me. If he is available, if we can make it happen, then I say go make it happen. But we are talking about Neil O'Shea, so be prepared for Matthew Delavadova. Right. <laughs> Another guard. Just saying. We're going to go with a 10-guard lineup this year for the Blazers. Yes. We're just going <laughs> to be really quick. That's what they, oh, we need to get all, quicker. All That's speed, what we're going to hear. All speed and 
mediocre defense. Yeah. Yes. So be prepared for Matthew Delva. I almost guarantee we get Matthew Delva instead of any one of those guys that we just named off that would be good fits. Well, the problem is too is if it runs out the trade exception. Yeah. So they have to use it. And if they start running out of options, they're just going to use it on someone like Delva Dova. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Because um, Covington is good enough to be signed somewhere else, as is um, what's the, uh, Wilson, what's the Chandler. Wilson Chandler. So they don't really need to to sign. You know, Delva Dova. Del not many people are you know seeking him out. I don't. At least I don't think. I could be wrong. Nick Stauskas has just got a contract, so I could be incredibly wrong about somebody not wanting. Del Vadova. I just know that that just seems like just the the blazer slash old Shea thing to do is get Matthew Del Vadova. So before we put a, a nail in the proverbial blazer's coffin for the day, I just want to gauge your thought on, on this question. Do you trust Neil Olshea enough no. that you think there might be at least one decent or two decent moves coming up. Maybe, maybe not earth-shattering moves, but two decent moves to try to make the team better before the end of free agency. The Blazers received a, a D, a, minus, a D or D minus, I can't remember, in the draft. Um, one of the lowest draft grades um, in all the NBA. I think only one other team got a D um, from some of the draft grades I saw. You let go of... Ed Davis for $4 million, which is baffling. You signed Nick Stauskas for a, what looks, looks, looks like a minimum. You've gotten rid of another guy who's considered, you know, a, a, a Blazer um, fan favorite in Pat Connaughton. Um, there's nothing you've done in this stretch that's given me any confidence that I should trust the process. No pun intended. And feel free to text your thoughts to 55305. The only reason I ask is, again, the thing that I brought up in the beginning of the show, the only logical explanation for the Ed Davis move is because something else is coming. That's the only logical explanation to me. And I think you mentioned it. And so that, that to, to me, there's a there's a, a sliver of hope, a, a tiny little piece of hope that you wouldn't be that stupid and make that move if there wasn't something else coming down the pike. Yeah. So that that's why I have a tiny bit, and but you're right. So far, the last two years, it's been a lot of mistakes. After after a couple of years of good moves, look, Nurkic I was, was the last great like okay good for, move for a long time. I was so pro Neil Shea. I would I would argue against people who hated him because of some of the moves he had made. He had been, I mean, as close to a genius as a GM with as little space as he had to get impact players. He really was. And he is a good talent evaluator. That is something he still is, is a good talent evaluator. Like he found Mo Harkless on the scrap heap in Orlando, who was a lottery pick who had done nothing and turned him into a solid and frankly, very important piece of the Blazers at the end of last year. Um, so, you know, he's, he's been good at that, but so that's, I'd still like to give him that credit. Yes. He but should. then again, I'm also, Starting to lose the patience to keep giving him that credit. Yeah, because it's one of those, you know, kind of <laughs> what have you done for me lately, you know, type of situations. Like you got, I think your job was saved this year thanks to all the injuries in the Western Conference. The Blazers were able to move up to that third seed, which guys like me kind of feel like you probably shouldn't have had. You know, if everybody is is playing and not hurt, then the, I don't think the Blazers are the third seed. I think they're maybe sixth, seventh 
eighth, you know, possibly fighting for that for that last spot. You know, I think they don't make the playoffs. He's he's fired. I mean, this is really a thing about Dame just being too damn good to keep his team out of the playoffs. That's just really what it's been. Like, you can't fire a GM who I'm I'm in the playoffs every year with the roster that I'm able to have. It's Damian Lillard being too damn good and carrying his team that's keeping him around. You know, if if Dame doesn't have the season that he has, man, the, the Blazers finish ninth or tenth. Man, I think Olshay's gone. Just considering some of the moves that he's made over the last little bit. However, can't fire the team. Can't fire the GM of the team with the third seat. Like it just doesn't doesn't look great. I mean, you can. You, you can. Just, you just fired the coach of the year in Toronto. And, and, yeah. and people are looking at Toronto crazy. Like man, for real, you just let him go, and he just won the most games your franchise has ever won for you. It's like uh, you just let him go. You just let your GM go, and he just got your team to the third seat. That's that would be the conversation around it. Also, like three games from missing the playoffs in the weirdest Western comments we've seen in a long time. Yeah, so, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things. I think Olshay's job has been saved by the fact that Dame is just Damian Lillard. He's that dude. I guess what I, I think of the two words that I key on when you asked that question was hope and try. So with that, I would say, yes, there is hope that Olshay will try to do something He here. did say he tried to make trades at the draft. Uh, but then we got the report that he promised Anthony Simons the 24th pick. So, again, conflicting. Yeah, he didn't try very hard if you promised him. You can't tell me both. Like, oh, yeah. we tried to make a trade. And, you know, sold Simons. If we were there at 24, we was going to, no, you didn't. You didn't try to make any trade and do anything. You're yeah. lying now. Like, I, I'm with you, uh, Mike. The, the moves he's making are really confusing if you don't have at least an attempt for something in the pipeline to get uh, – a bigger free agent than you you normally would draw to Portland. Somebody that's better than Ed Davis. And like you said, that's he's not the best center in the league, obviously, but as far as backup centers, he's the best, if not one of the best backup centers in the league. So you you have to have something better coming in than your what was your six man basically. But here's the problem is the something better right now is like the Kawhi Leonard Paul George range of player. And what are the chances that's happening? Boogie Cousins to Portland, baby. Like to me, it's it's like 0.2% that those those kind of players are coming here. Now I know Kawhi Leonard would be a trade, so I suppose that's maybe a higher percentage because he he doesn't have a choice. But who feel free to text. I might be missing someone. Who out there is better that you could be using that money for for who is a you think is a solid choice for Portland and that doesn't involve the trade exception? The trade exception is a separate thing. Like we just talked about, Covington mm-hmm. or, or uh, Wilson Chandler in the trade exception, great move. But you didn't need to get rid of Ed Davis to get that kind of a player. So who else is out there who who you would want to see if it is a potential guy who could come in? Because I don't I don't see it. I don't, I'm not seeing there, it. I don't think there's any potential guys to come in. And I just I just think that's kind of kind of the issue. And I, it's it's unfortunate. It's just you know a matter of where we live. Um, but, you know, you look at Paul George signing with OKC and you say, well, maybe there's hope that maybe now guys aren't as rigid. I'm shocked by that, by the way. I think well, a lot of us were shocked by that. You know, I was I was thinking Paul George was for sure going to go to L.A. He got an ESPN little special and all type of stuff. It's like, okay, well, he's going to go there. And now, like, okay, he's scoring everyone and he's back with the Thunder. That's kind of scary all of a sudden. Like, now they get a full 
year to, to be with each other and talk about what we need to do and how we, we signed a four-year deal four-year deal three years plus an option that's Man. that's a commitment right Man. there so I especially mean, nowadays when every big player takes a one-year deal with a player option for the second year so and honestly i think paul george is looking at the lakers and saying eh, this isn't for me and if guys are looking at the lakers going yeah i'm good like <laughs> i don't i don't know how how desirable that makes portland all right, we got a break. Coming up next, let's get to the rest of the NBA stuff that we haven't gotten to yet. The Paul George signing, the LeBron James free agency, all of that coming up next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.